She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Skip ahead for the next five minutes. 35 girls, one crown. I fell in love the way you fall asleep. Slowly and then all at once. I bounce back and forth. Pay attention to us again. <laughs> look at me, look at me. We don't do the normal things. An eight is an eight, and that's all they're ever going to be. Narcissism, man. Well, you're wrong. Okay, so first off, besties, she's... Oh, I, I've designated you all besties, by the way. Our listeners. Yeah, I love besties. it. Besties. Um, April won't throw me under the bus, but I was late today. Yeah, quite late. <laughs> I was late today. Um <laughs> uh, I, and in true April fashion, I was early. <laughs> and normally, and I hate being late. Like, it, yeah. I, I have nerves now and angst. Like, I have a knot in my stomach about it. But because the reason I was late was because parenting is hard. Like, yeah. it's hard. I'm, like, sitting here putting my concealer on and, like, doing, like, the ritual. And I'm lying. Yeah. And I'm hearing the girls just, like, get into it. And I'm like, nice. you have to be kidding me. Yeah. You have to be kidding me, because not even 10 minutes before I go, guys, I finish my makeup and go record with Miss April. Yeah. I need it quiet. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my boys, I told them, hey, I'm going to go record. And they're like, are you recording Miss April? And I was like, no, I'm recording the podcast. And then James went into a tirade about why he couldn't be a part of the podcast. I was like, well, son, you don't read the books that we read because you're in second grade. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's hope he's not reading this book in second grade (laughs) i mean piper probably could have i didn't let her right right good call good call (laughs) okay so we are covering the selection this week yeah was my pick so um, kira cass kira cass which so if you don't know what the selection is it's i how i wrote it was it's it's the bachelor on crack. So, yeah. yeah so, um, so I know this is your pick and you're definitely hosting this week, but this was on my list too. Cause this is yeah. also a favorite of mine. Um, and he was introduced to me by a friend who is in the book club that Molly and oh, I yeah. have. We've had this book club for, Oh gosh, we're on six years now, right? Yeah. It's yeah. been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. We and, just turned uh, it into a reading challenge, what, three years ago, two years uh, ago? Yes. Three years ago, we went from doing a monthly book club because mm-hmm. that was becoming really hard for everyone to doing a yearly challenge. So we uh, create a, a challenge and we have to read all the, book, all the books that meet those Which, categories. I think this year's was really fun. We, it was um, fun and I won. I won for the first time. <laughs> like really early. Like yes, we're I, in july yes <laughs> we're in july and i won um i had a lot of Woo-hoo! time on my hands this year <laughs> i mean a lot of us have the last two years <laughs> right right so um yeah so this book uh was suggested to me and um the first time that i read this series i've now read the first one this was the fourth reading to prepare for our episode um the very first time that i read the original trilogy um, because there are two additional books now, which mm-hmm. we can get more into later. Um, I read all three of them in a matter of three days. And these are not yeah. short books. These are no, they're not. Page they're, or, but they're yeah. so easy to blow through. They're so you get, good. You get so involved. And yeah. we'll talk about this when we get into the book, yeah. like when we get into the discussion. But you get very involved in this book very yes. quickly. 
Yes. Very quickly. Um, and, and I think Kira Cast does an excellent job of drawing her readers in. She does. And she had previously published, self-published something. Um, and so oh. this was the first time that she had published. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, and I think she did a really great job of drawing in the reader and creating this story and creating this world and this fantasy. And I wasn't sure I would like this because I'm not a fan of The Bachelor. Um, that's just not Neither really am thing. I. I hate those shows. Yeah, I, do, I, I do like Married at First Sight. I love the shit show that that show is. But. No, I never saw that. When we were in the height of the pandemic last year and everybody was watching like the dumbest stuff on Netflix, I watched that um, Love is Blind and was so hooked. I finished the whole season in like a day. I felt so garbage after that. I was like, you know, why did I do this myself? That show was amazing. Uh, yeah. Jessica, that one, the one woman who's sitting there telling him he's too young, but she's hammered, drinking a glass of wine, letting her golden retriever drink the wine. It's like, yeah, I what think a, there's what a, a maturity issue here with you, my right. friend. Right. That was such a mess. But anyway, I didn't think I would like the series, but I really, really did. So I'm sorry to, to steal a oh, moment no, from you. You're good. Go ahead and take over hosting. But you can again. definitely uh, help me fill in the gaps for the, sure. the, um, I have really detailed notes this time. (laughs) Um, I got some. So the synopsis is uh, our main character, her name is America. America Singer. Singer. See, this is why you're here. (laughs) America gets a letter in the mail saying that they're going to be doing the selection. Mm -hmm. And that everybody of a certain age, in her age area, are welcome to apply to marry and... Compete to marry Prince Maxon. So, <laughs> anyway, so Prince Maxon and his family are the rulers of Iliad, and Iliad is what we now, what we live in, is America. Yeah, but so Ilya is post-apocalyptic America. Yeah, yeah. we've had the Third so, World War in which China invaded us. New Asia, as they call it. They, they call it New Asia after the World War, but it right. was China. They invaded us because we couldn't pay back all the money we borrowed. Right. Which, like, shocker. Right. Which, <laughs> I, um, so the capital is in Angeles, as, as they call it. Yeah. And so the selection is 36 girls from all of Iliad. Right. To, one, one from each providence. Yep. Or, or, yeah. And um, they come to compete. And, and there's a cast system. 35 girls. 30, oh, I have 36. It's 35 girls. It says 35 girls, one crown. The Man, I, word. I just pulled the book to look for myself. So yeah, it's not good. Um, to start off, this is, so you and I like dystopia books, post-apocalyptic yes. books. Absolute but favorite is, genre. But as well, it's mine as well. But this is the first time we're covering it. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is kind of crazy for you and I because we talk about these kind of books all the time. We do, we do. This, um, is, this is by far our favorite genre. It's also you write in this genre I do, I do. So, I have yeah. written in this genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you think draws us to this? What do you, or what, what draws you to it at least? Well, the first one I ever read that was dystopian, post-apocalyptic, uh, I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and I had a fantastic English teacher that year. I mean, she was just great, like kind of a hero of mine. I ended up being an English teacher. Those of you that listen. Because know, of her. But, yeah. That was one of the reasons she was really great. Um, That's amazing. 
And she introduced us to the book Anthem by Anne Rand. Oh, it's a good book. It's a great book. And um, I just thought about like, wow, this is like, these things could happen. And um, I kept just diving into the genre. So then I continued to read things like The Giver and, of course, The yep. Hunger Games. I love The Hunger Games. The Selection Series. If it's post-apocalyptic, I'm here for it. It's your jam. Especially if it's YA post-apocalyptic because I just love the idea. A lot of these books are young women mm-hmm. um, who are rising up and embracing the power that they have as young women and fighting the patriarchy. And um, I, I think it's wonderful. Um, it's very different because, uh, Molly knows this about me. I, I am a Christian, I'm a believer. And so this is not what I personally believe the end of the world will look like. Um, but it's one that I really enjoy in college. I read the left behind series, which I guess more closely resembles what I think the world will look like apocalyptically, but, um, I just, I'm here for it. I love it. So how about you? What, what draws you into that genre? So honestly, so in English, in high school, we read The Road. And okay. that was actually my first post-apocalyptic. Okay. And that was that was intended for grownups. Right. It was dark. It, right. It's a very dark book. Right. I was like, holy cow, I need to stay away from this genre. Like, this scares me, right? Scary. I was a teenage right. girl. It scared me. Right. So then I read The Hunger Games. <sighs> my favorite series. And the Hunger Games changed my point of view. And I dove I dove headfirst into the YA post-apocalyptic world yeah. and I haven't looked back. Right. I, I think this one's special mm-hmm. because we're not fighting, right? We don't I mean, there's trauma and there's terror here in this book. And yeah. There there because there is, you know, bad guys. There's right. two sets of bad guys in this. But, the rebels. Right. The rebels, the North and the South. Mm-hmm. But we are not fighting them right right our protagonist she's not battling them she's like trying to survive i mean she's trying to survive in a different way and she's not like katniss who is kind of pushed into it and then becomes some sort of rebel icon she's none of those things she's just a girl living her life she doesn't like the lot in life that she's been cast into definite pun intended there right but um she's not trying to change it no no Exactly. No. Well, okay, so this actually rolls into my second one. All right. So my second question, to, blah, 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 blah. my second words. <laughs> words are hard. We've covered this. We've covered this. <laughs> Molly, the writer, can't use the word. Um, in the beginning of the book, in the very first chapter, America mm-hmm. starts talking about the caste system, and she breaks yeah. it down for us, and she talks about what they wear, what their right. jobs are, right. and... I, I personally, I, I feel like Kira Cass gave us, when she was giving us these descriptions, she tied clothes to cast, like, different casts. Right. What do you think about that? Like, what's well, your opinion on that? So I actually found a fandom wiki, and um, so I actually have the casts here in front of me. Um, so for those of you that want to dive in deep, I'm going to just kind of give a summation of all the casts. So the ones, and by the way, something specific for those of us that like these kind of details in writing, the cast numbers are always capitalized and they're written as the word. So it's not like the numeral one. It's one with a capital O. And I, it's very, that emphasis is very important to those of us that love those little nerdy book uh, references. So the Royal family are the ones, (laughs) right? Right. Um, 
two are famous people in the military. So this, uh, this cast includes people who are artists, which America's family is are, are artists as well, but they are much but lower in the cast. Level. These are famous people. So these are not, uh, people like who Kardashians. Pod- yeah. These are not people that started a podcast with their best friend. These are like, the scrub stars that decided to start a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Which I guess they are best friends. So whatever. Yeah. But, but um, yeah. Right. So three are teachers, businessmen, doctors, nurses, and lawyers. So you've still got a uh, white collar here. Um, all people in service, really. Um, four chefs, farmers, factory workers, real estate agent managers. So still that line between blue collar and white collar is getting a little murky there. And then you mm-hmm. get to five, which are artists, which is America's family, musicians, dancers, photographers, sculptures, sculptors, uh, stage actors, and circus performers. So these are not people making movies. These are people no, that- No, think about like uh, a wedding band. Right. Exactly. Um, six are servants. And um, we'll talk more about this character as we go on. But Aspen, uh, who's another one of the main characters, his family is a part of this. Um, they are clerks, secretaries, servers, cooks, drivers, uh, really anything they can find, they'll do. Yeah. Seven manual laborers, laborers, trash collectors, farm hands, and gardeners. So these are not farmers. These are people that work on the farm. And then eight is the untouchables. They are the mentally and physically unwell, homeless, addicts, runaways. Um, and I can put a link. Uh, we can put a link yeah, the, let's put that it in wiki. the description. Yeah. Um, somebody made that. I did not make that. Um, but oh, there's it, so many things on so the wiki things. page for this. Um, but the fans uh, love this series hard. Right, right. But Kira Cass doesn't really, really reveal all of this information like in the first book. Some of it you have to no. go on to read. Um, book two and three, yeah. Right, correct. Um, but uh, I think what's interesting about this cast system, so... <laughs> The way that the caste system was started in this story was based on um, Gregory Ilya, who f- was a businessman. Uh, he found refounded the country essentially and made himself king because right. president was. He, he made his king himself king by proxy. He right. sold his daughter off to be married yes. to a, a, ro- a royalty in. Was it? New it wasn't New Asia. It was. New Swindon, maybe? New Swenway. New Swenway. New Swenway. And he um, makes himself king and then names the country after him, which is just like, wow. Um, Wow. Narcissism, man. Right, at its (laughs) finest. And then he devises the caste system based on how you serve the country. And unfortunately, whatever Whatever your ancestors... Yeah. Sorry, right. you were Whatever, saying. No, 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 it's fine. Whatever caste you're born, born into is where you stay. Um, there are people that are able to like sort of buy their way up. So if you're an artist, you might be able to buy Which your way up to be America's two. older brother Correct. is trying to do. He's, he's gotten, trying to do that. Which he, you know, and he, she said it in, I think it's in the last book. He cares more about what's on his gravestone and then instead of what he's doing with his life. That and, is in this one. Yeah. He, she says that he wants his gravestone to read too. Yeah, it's so not we're about saying that when they die, they they, they take ta- they take that cast to the grave. Like that's how serious yeah. this is. Yeah. So um, yeah, so uh, fun times, right? So it's based on basically how you can serve the country and your king, it, right? 
the king and the royal family. If you get deeper into the series, you'll find out that um, some people, this is spoilery, some people were put in that cast because they weren't liked. It didn't have right. anything to do with what they were capable right. of. It was right. keeping them down for a reason. Um, but we do have issues where uh, uh, Mayor's, America goes by Mayor as well. Yeah. Uh, Mayor's That's little, a nickname from Aspen. Yeah. That's adorable. Uh, Mayor's little brother wants to be a scientist or play sports. sports. He can't do he loves both. those things. He no. has to learn an art trade. And, and like in the first few chapters, they're like, hey, why don't you know, she's constantly trying to encourage him. Right. Why don't you go practice right. your instruments? Why don't you go try sculpting? Go sit right. with dad in the like the garage. Like her mom is musical. Right. Her dad is an artist in the a conventional painter. sense, a painter, right? Mm-hmm. And her little sister, she's a that as well, also. a painter as well. And like, you know, they're just trying to convince him that this right. is his life. And right. you know, he's you know, his name's Jared, I believe. Jared, Jared. goes mm-hmm. Jared goes, "Why do I have to have this?" Right? Well, right. this isn't fair. Right. And it's like, "Dude, we understand." Right. But it's your lot. So something else to point out about the caste system. Um, Mare's older sister has actually left their, the rank of fives because right. she married a four. Right. So women's caste is based on who they are married to. Or their father. Or their father. Correct. So she married up a caste. So whatever art she spent learning in her childhood, she is now working in a factory because she's a four. So. So she yeah. can't even continue so, um, to do what she had wanted to do. So let's roll this into, I'm going to jump ahead. Oh yeah. So we're going to, we're going to do team Maxon or team Aspen, but let's explain who Aspen and Maxon are first. Sure. So Aspen is a fam is from a family of sixes Correct. that helps works with America's the singers. They're always around, um, their father passed away. Aspen's father passed away. And so he's constantly taking care of his twin sisters. And he's got a little brother too. And right? a little brother. Yeah. And a little brother. So he's constantly working full time. But him and Aspen, we learn very early on in the series, are in love. Yes. And they're meeting in Mayor secret. Past curfew. For they're, two years. For two years. For two years. And like, he, there's this really cute thing where she sings to him and he pays her pennies. He pays and she keeps pennies. all the pennies. Uh, in a glass and then jar. Max, in a glass jar, and then Maxon is Max our king, Shreve, who's adorable. Who he calls he's everybody my king. dear, yeah. yes, my dear. But he's just he's very sheltered. Yeah. Poor Maxon is very sheltered from what's going on in his world. He so the is- question is, Team Maxon or Team Aspen by the end of book one? Oh, I am Team Maxon by the end of the first paragraph that he meets mayor um, he's adorable i he's super socially awkward he's never dated before the adorable is the word yeah, we should use adorable totally adorable he's the selection is how he will meet his bride and it's the way that they had been doing it since Ilya was founded the the young women are married off to continue the relations with another country essentially but the young men Mary based on the selection. So his mother. And he's an only child. Right. Let's he's an only that. child. Yeah. Yes. He's an so only he, child. His. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. His, he's, he's very sheltered in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the whole my dear thing. 
Mare hates that she that he calls her that because she says, "Do you call all the other girls that?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "That's exactly why I don't like it. Like, don't exactly. call me the thing that you're, you're calling everybody else. They're calling everyone thing else. Yeah, yeah." But I. I love him. I have probably, well, my top three uh, literary crushes are all Is Maxon? Ma- Maxon's in there. He, it's Maxon and Peter Malark from The Hunger Games and oh, Augustus Peta. Waters from The Fault in Our Stars. And they are, the three of them are, they are the guys that I look for. And my husband is very much like Maxon. Like he's uncomfortable when girls cry and he's <laughs> really socially awkward. And, um, yeah, I mean, he doesn't always understand, like, if girls like him or not. And um, one of the things I like about Maxon is he's like, do they like the crown or do they like me? And how do you really know when you're running a competition for them to essentially win the crown? Right. And which um, I think was really great of Kira Cast to touch on that because we see that in shows like The Bachelor. Right. Are they there to win? Are they wanting to win just to say that they won The Bachelor? Or mm-hmm. are they actually there to fall in love? And- or the magic third reason, are they there to get their spinoff, The Bachelorette? Which, <laughs> which this- is not happening in this situation. <laughs> it doesn't. But the girls who don't make it, uh, there are a few girls that are sent home that first day. And, and they get married right away. They get married right away to people who have elevated their status, who are much higher than them. Uh, exactly. They so they are benefiting from it. Um, so yeah. So how about you team Aspen or team Maxon? I bounce back and forth, but no, if I'm picking who's best for America, it's Maxon. Yes. I think what Aspen and America have is puppy love. I don't think it is true love. Like Maxon and America become friends. Then they slowly fall in love. And I think that's how true love happens. Mm Mm-hmm friendship then it's not this urge of lust i mean and if that happened to you i'm happy for you yeah but i just think traditionally yeah it happens friendship first yeah so and that's I, why I, I fell in love very quickly i have a nap flying around i'm sorry but i agree with you no i when i was reading this book again i kept thinking about the quote from the fault in our stars i fell in love the way you fall asleep slowly and then all at once yeah and like that is how i feel like uh maxon and mayor's relationship is and the interesting thing is uh their relationship um it does start as a friendship she tells him from the beginning right i don't want to be with you i'm in love with somebody else she's here to take care of her family yeah so the girls in the selection get paid to be there yes there is a stipend that's sent to their family yes and America is jaded. Let's say this. America, when she goes, she, when, the last day before she leaves, a man from the Capitol comes and mm-hmm. he tells her, whatever the prince wants, you are not to say no. Right. Whatever. So he and, pretty much says, if he wants to sleep with you, he, you have to sleep with him. You right. cannot say no. And this is in a country in which you sleeping if with you, somebody before marriage is Yeah. Is gonna, it's going to knock you down to go an to jail. Yeah. You go to jail. So, um, um, yeah. So basically what he's telling her is you will be her, his whore if that's right. what he wants. And if then that's if he what he sends wants. you home, that's just, and you so deal with it. When Maxon gets closer the first time, what does she do? She freaking knees him. In the crotch. 
<laughs> and you know what? I'm with, you know what? In this argument, I'm always going to be with America. She thought it was his thigh. <laughs> yeah. She, she went a little bit too far in. <laughs> okay. So let's dive into my next kick then. Okay. Is America a heroine? Especially since we just finished Twilight. Right. Bella mm-hmm. is not a heroine. She's our yeah. antagonist. She's our, you know, she's not our antagonist. Our main character, she's... She's our narrator. Our narrator, and it's from her point of view. Like mm-hmm. Twilight, this is a love story. Mm-hmm. And our female character is the narrator. But do you think she's a hero? Like... All right, so in Twilight, I I took the other point of view, which is that Bella can't be a hero because she is no substance whatsoever. But I don't agree with that with Mare. Um, Agreed. I I think that since this is a love story, obviously she gets all girly, doe-eyed, and batting her eyelashes. Oh my gosh, does he like me? You know, but she does not lose her core values. She doesn't lose lose who she is. Never. Um, she stays true to herself at all times. 100%. And that actually changes Maxon's view on things, too. He didn't realize how bad his people had it. No. And where it doesn't seem like, especially if you continue reading this series, and if you're listening and you've only read the first book to follow along with us, please continue. Pause. Yes. <laughs> please continue to read the, the whole series. Um, you can kind of ignore the last two, but the, the main trilogy, the original trilogy, oh, they're I fantastic. Like the, okay. We'll jump into that. But I okay. like the second part. Well, you're wrong. But anyway, um, (laughs) um, she she doesn't change who she is. And she explains to him uh, what it's like to be in that cast. And I don't believe his dad really cared. His dad was about being royal and and that. But I think Maxon legitly cares about his people. I think his dad cares about keeping the structure. Right. Keeping, towing the party line. Mm -hmm. An eight is an eight and that's all they're ever going to be. Right. And um, I think there's a reason for that, which would be very spoilery, so I'm not going to say it. But I think that part of the reason why Maxon cares more is because his mom was a four. Right. So she wasn't even a part of the upper cast when she entered this. So um, I love this quote. Um, Let me find it. Uh, So Mare doesn't really consider fours to be like the lower cast like she is. But Mm -hmm. when she meets her best friend, Marley, who is also in the... In the selection. I heart Marley so Marley's much. Marley's great. She's wonderful. She's a four. And um, she says, if you weren't a two or a three, this is Mare's inner, inner monologue. Mm-hmm. If you weren't a two or a three, it's just varying shades of bad. Mm-hmm. And so I think Maxon being raised by a mom who experienced that really changed who he was. Um, and I can't even remember what your original question was now. And I went on a, is she really a wild tangent. Oh, yeah. Is she a heroine? Is she a heroine? So, yes, I think she is. I think she makes positive changes in her country without, like, having to, like, blow shit up. Um, she's she's making positive changes. No violence changes. needed. No violence needed. She's, she's making positive changes. And she's also falling in love in a very public and awkward way. And yes. uh, she's only, she's only what, 16 or 17, right? 16, yeah. 16. 17, so I don't know. One of those. So she's quite young. Those. There's a number there. Yeah. She's quite young and she's already thought she's been in love once. So um, yeah, I make the argument that she is a heroine. She is a true hero of this. How about you? I think so. I think one, like you said, she has substance, right? Yes. America knows who she is. She Mm -hmm. knows she has values. Like we learn very, I mean, chapter one, 
she's talking about the caste system, right. how unfair it is. She's, right. you know, she talks about how she's going to marry Aspen and how she's okay with losing it because she loves her him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She'd be an eight for him if she had to. She'd make she'd that be a, very she'd clear. She'd be a six. She'd be a yeah, six. six. But yes, she would go down. She um, would go and, down for him. Well, no, I mean, like, she was, I think there's a quote in the oh. book where she says she would even be an eight for him if she had yeah, to. Yeah, you're right. Like, there when they're fighting in the treehouse, right? Right. And I think, which is important in these kind of stories, a heroine grows. And yes. as she gets to know these other girls, she grows. And right. I think heroines look different in different books. There's right. not, it's not always a physical fight like in right. the Hunger Games. It's not always political change. It's sometimes it's just little ticks. Yeah. And I'm not too spoilery. She changes some of the point of views of the other girls in the last oh, yeah, book. For sure. You know what sure. I mean? And I think that shows how much of a influence she is. Right. 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 So, um, and she changed, like, the people are rooting for her. Right. Um, they don't get to vote. Like the people don't get to vote, but they definitely. But they have polls and opinions. Right. Yeah. And and those are taken seriously by Maxon, and she has the ear of the people. The people like mm-hmm. her, um, and and that's pretty great because you know she is a five. Um, right. Some of the other girls in the class and the in the class. Oh good. I think that in, in the in the uh, selection, like Celeste, who is a two. She does not appreciate that someone who is a five is getting something that she also has. Celeste is not supposed to have what she has. Celeste is special. Let's say that. She's a cat bitch. Um, So I lost my train of thought. So (laughs) brain bubble. Woo. Uh, So let's jump into uh, chapter 17. Kira Cass in chapter 17 puts the girls in the selection in a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. And during this, this chapter, we learn all of the history. Yes. From how we went from the United States to Iliad really quickly. We learned the history. History. Right. Which history is passed down in this world as by word of mouth. Right. So, do you, okay, I found this to be clever. I liked how she took and she didn't just like, this is how it is. She used a scene, a, a learning scene to teach us the readers about yeah. how the world is. What do you think about that? How well, do you? Number one, it's really smart writing because yes, you're writing from a first person perspective. Um, and a lot of the times what you do in the first person perspective is you have the narrator tell us these things and they, they aren't a part of the dialogue. You know, the, right. the narrator is telling us this. And then when you have a movie come out, like think about the first hunger games, uh, right. movie, you miss so much of the depth of Katniss because you don't have any of that. Most of that movie is silent. And you know, I feel like, I feel like with hunger games and we'll talk about this more when we get into it. I feel like the, premise of the movie was really reliant on us being fans of the book. Oh, 100%. And I, because my husband has never actually read those series and he doesn't like any of those movies. Matt doesn't either because he doesn't get it. But I, I am a fan and I like it. But with with this here, creating this scene where these girls are, are viewing it and hearing what Mayor has to say about how she learned different things and not everybody in this room learned the th- same thing. 
We know from this book that the lower castes often go to public school, right. sixes and below. She was homeschooled. Um, some of the upper castes, they, they just know because they know. Um, and we get an interesting glimpse into Mare's family because her dad has a history book. A hidden history book that was a burnt. A hidden history book that was burned and definitely forbidden. And he tells her, just don't tell anybody. And don't you can read, read it. Just room. keep your damn mouth shut. In this like, room. And don't tell anybody you've seen it. Because she, she asks about Halloween. Right. Because there's no Halloween at this time. Now, there is um, Christmas and they have essentially Chinese the New Year's. The and Chinese, New, Chinese Year's. New Year's. And they have something in the middle of the summer that's sort of like the 4th of July. But it's like the new 4th of July. Yeah. Um. The not fourth, fourth. Right. The, whatever the founding is. But uh, I think it's a really clever way to write that and reveal the history to us. And to also reveal to us that there there has to be something going on if you are not writing your history down. Right. I mean. Right. Why, understand- why, why are we keeping this a secret? What are we hiding that we're not writing our history down? Right. Now, you can't say, you can make the argument that the the narrative like actually telling the stories has been a way that history has been passed down for millennia but we also have been writing down history for a long time too Mm -hmm. and no one in this book is uneducated they're educated differently right there's a reason there is a very there's a reason they're not doing it it's a very clever way to show how they are purposely keeping cast segregated right right Right. By showing what they know and don't know, showing right. how they've learned and how they haven't learned, and right? It, it, it's very interesting. And so it's, it's one of the thing, the arguments I make for funding public education today. More, the less we fund public education, the more vulnerable our country becomes, right. and you just have people who are dependent on the government as opposed to actually being able to be individuals and stand for themselves. To, and that's what's happening in this book, right? So to go Except on, a the personal, government is not helping them in this book. No. So to go on a personal tirade, we're in Texas, mm-hmm. and um, part of the reason we started homeschooling was there's things being omitted in education mm-hmm. that I feel the girls should know. Right. And so we've decided to include that into our learning process. Right. And I feel like you know. Red state, blue state, not getting hyper political. Education in general, not having the funding and not teaching the truth all the time. Right. The good, the bad, the ugly. Like, here's right. a good example. Uh, Livia just finished Ben Franklin mm-hmm. um, for her ELA. She had a whole book about it and stuff. And I told her the truth about him too. We didn't just cover the fluffy history. Right. We covered the slave ownership, the right. the treatment of the elephant, the whole thing, right? Like, because history is not just one way, right? There's right. no, there's, it's not just black and white. There's a lot of gray area. There, good people do bad things. Bad people do good things. Right. It, and to understand the whole thing, and this really covers that. This cover talks about that in mm-hmm. oh it points a finger at what's going on in modern day. Right. 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 So, okay. Sorry. No, Personal tirade. done. Um, so my last thing, and then we can talk about it just to talk about it. Um, how do you feel about the capital being moved to LA? 
so I saw that in your notes uh, that we wanted to talk about that. And I didn't realize, I guess, even though Angeles is the, yeah. the name of the city, it didn't register with me that that was it. But when I was reading your notes, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense because uh, we're talking about a lot of wealthy people who yep. are famous. Yep. They make up the upper cast. Um, and that makes a lot of sense to me that that would happen there. Um, right. I, I don't know. I personally think that one day California is just going to be like, peace, I'm out and leave the country. But Well, I, I'm afraid a fault line is just going to break it off. And <laughs> and then literally it's like, I'm peace, I'm out. Um, <laughs> it's going to sink. That and tech parts of Texas. I mean, we get enough hurricanes, we're going to be underwater. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think it's an interesting choice to do that. Um, you I think location was important. Yeah. Because of the dealings with New Asia, I think oh, from yeah, DC, it's closer to New Asia. Yeah. I bet it was part of somewhere in Kiracass's mind and notes is saying easier access to Asia. And she then she is like, you know what? I'm going to put it here. And there, it's already set up for famous people. It's already set up yeah. to have mansions and mm-hmm. the wealthy live there. While right. DC doesn't, like, it's just, oh my God, Matt, DC doesn't. It's just a bunch of apartments, <laughs> you know? Townhouses. Townhouses. Nope. So I think it's an interesting choice. I, I want to agree with you that she made that choice because of New Asia, but I think that might be giving authors too much credit i don't think they always think those things through okay Um, so i'm just thinking about myself and how i write then (laughs) but uh kira cass actually lives here in virginia where i live um she doesn't Mm -hmm. live anywhere near me she's hours away um but uh i think it's an interesting choice as a writer to choose to move the main part of your story to a place that you i mean i'm making the assumption that she's not as familiar with it but because she said it in sort of this fantasy and this post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. world, she can make it anything she wants. Right. Um, and we often see that in post-apocalyptic, the capital is no longer the capital the way it was before. And there could be like right. whole and chunks Hunger of Games, our it's in Colorado. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's like whole chunks of the country missing. There are only 35 provenances in this book. So we don't have all 50 states anymore. I don't know how no. they've divided them. None of them are named the same. Um. No. But, uh, yeah. That's we all know Texas absorbed Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Texas. Um. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like, I don't know. See, as, an, as a writer, I go into a deep dive. That is, when I start mapping things out, like, I one of my stories I'm working on deals with prohibition. Mm-hmm. So. Ooh, that sounds good. Um. Did I do deep research into Vermont prohibition in the 1920s? Well, I guess I did. Don't doesn't yeah. everybody? Right. And so funny story. Sidetrack. Okay, so I'm gonna laugh. So I was doing research for this Vermont prohibition story, and I find an article about it, and I'm like, cool. Well, you have to buy this little book from Vermont Historical Society. It was fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. They paid for shipping. Whatever. Ever since I have gotten newsletters from Vermont Historical Society in the mail, it's not just like a piece of like regular old printer paper. Mm -hmm. It's nice thick cardstock. It's nicely like it's like 
the nicest paper I've ever seen. And I'm like, I'm never going to not get these letters. It's true. I'm never not going to get these letters. I spent $15 once three years ago and they're still going to just send me mail. Have you been to Vermont? No. Not in years. That's that's, funny. That's where Tom and I went to on our honeymoon. Oh, nice. Yeah. We do okay. Things. We don't do the normal things. That's okay. It's nice. I mean, I didn't have a honeymoon. I went house hunting and to Corpus Christi to find an apartment and then went back to Baltimore so I could get transferred to Corpus. Um, okay, back to the selection. So, if America didn't win, or if another, if America says in there that she doesn't win, she wants Marley to Marley win. Marley to win, right. We meet a bunch of different girls, right? Throughout mm-hmm. this. Tiny, Marley, Celeste, there's a bunch of them. Chris. Is there one girl you feel like would have fit, that fits the bill as the future princess? Yes. And it's not Marley because I really like what Marley's story ends up being, which is way too I, spoilery. Same. And I, I feel like I can't tell you the reason why, um, because it would Definitely, if our listeners have not read the final book, it would ruin it. But I'm going to say Chris. Oh, okay. You know what? I get that. Yeah. I get that. So I um, can't say why. But okay, here's reason. the deal. <laughs> listeners, we are going to have a conversation. If you have not read all three books, skip ahead for the next five minutes. Maybe not five minutes, but. <laughs> just, just assume. Skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. We'll wait. We'll wait. All right. So. I agree with this 100%. And the reason why is because I think Chris is so loyal to him. I love Chris's loyalty to Maxon. She's loyal to the people, not... Right. She She's in it because right. she has alliances. Right. I feel like I'm spoiling things. I don't want to ruin it for people. <laughs> we told them to skip ahead. Okay. So... We told them to skip ahead. She does have alliances, but by the end of the third book, Mm -hmm. she's madly in love with him. She's very smitten. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good choice. Mm -hmm. It's a good choice. It's who I would pick. Um, Okay. So can we come back to non-spoilery things? Okay. Non-spoiler stuff. All right. So we're back. We're back. Pay attention to us again. (laughs) Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Um, So, uh, other thoughts. Okay, so I've flown through my list. What do you got for me? Um, okay, so let me see here. Um, we can talk about the... Okay, sorry. Uh, I wanted no, to talk ahead. about um, Mayor's first twinge of jealousy. Ooh, that's good. So she, we've already established that she's told him she's not in it for Which him. him? Maxon. Maxon. Oh, and we didn't cover, we'll have to come back to that, but we didn't cover, Aspen comes back in the story. Oh, yes. Okay, so, so we'll get back to that. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, <clears throat> she's told Maxon she's not there to, to marry him. She's there to be his friend. They go on a lot of dates, which is just, in her mind, it's just them hanging out and her being his friend. Right. Um, I don't think that's it for him. But uh she has her first twins of jealousy. They're doing a photo shoot. Um, and she doesn't understand exactly why she feels this way, but she doesn't like seeing him have the other girls hang on him. She also I think she, 
cares for him more than he realizes. She and realizes. More than she realizes, 100%. Yeah. And um, she also ha- is kind of irked about the fact that she hasn't really seen him that much that week uh, because he was going on dates with a bunch of other people. Uh, but they have a secret code, the two of them. The ear tug. I was going to say that. I yeah. just wrote it down. The ear tug is adorable. So they don't, um, the way that Max and asks the girls out is very formal. Like there's a letter sent to their room by maids and it's a whole thing. And uh, he has and to arrange cameras and yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a, a thing. Whole thing. But because they're just friends, um, quote unquote, uh, he says, what if we have a signal and they tug each other, tug on their ear and that's to signal that they want to meet up. Yeah. And she hasn't even gotten an ear tug in like a week. And she's feeling jealousy. And she doesn't describe it as jealousy. But when you, you know, when you're reading it, you're like, Which, oh my gosh, yeah. she's jealous. Jealous. She is jealous. Yeah. And that leads to their first kiss. Right. Which they erased because he kind of was like, like yeah, it's sloppy about it. He like leans over and just kind of like kisses her and it caught her off guard. And she was like, not happy because no. we talked about this. Like, I'm not interested in you. And then she kind of thought about it and she's like, wait a minute, maybe I actually do want him to kiss me. Right. And, and so, so she, she wipes away the memory. Wipes it away on his forehead. I think that's so adorable. And then they kiss for real. And um, like, of course, that's when Aspen sparks. came right back. Cause they, well, he came back like the next day. Yeah. Right. He came, um, So, okay. So I'll dive into this part. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next day they're out on one of their walks because she likes being outside. The gardens right. are very special to her. Right. As he's walking her back from the gardens, they run into Officer Ledger from actually, the Carolinas. Walk- actually, he's taking her to the movie theater. Oh, not that's the right. Gardens this time. She asked to do My something bad. different. But, right. um, yeah, Officer Ledger, who of is... Of the Carolinas. Of the Carolinas, which is where Mare is from. This is Aspen. Um, obviously a shock. She expected never to see him again. We didn't really dive into this much, but he broke up with her. Right. Um, because he, he wanted her to have a chance. Right. He didn't want to feel like he couldn't provide for her, that she was providing for him. Um, and they broke up and it was a total dick move. Like if your lady can yeah. provide for you, let her provide for you. You don't need to be a dick about it. I mean, come on. Right. Um, and, uh, Maxon knows the story of, he just Aspen doesn't know who it is. Mare. He doesn't know who it is. Um, but mm-hmm. he's been told the whole story. Mare shared a night where she was crying in the gardens with him and telling him all about how hard The first she night. Was. No, it was the, the first night when. No, the first night. When, she just yeah, when she went out there. to the gardens and yeah. she's crying and she yelled at him. But he t- she tells the full story all okay. of Aspen yeah. like a few days later. Um, That's true. But, okay, yeah. uh, but. It, it, <sighs> He doesn't know that it's Aspen. And he actually, because Aspen knows her, um, Officer Ledger knows her, he actually uh, sets him, assigns him to be outside her room. Right. Because um, America doesn't like having. Right. Well, he doesn't, she doesn't like having her maids in her room at night. She wants some privacy. So he, Maxon insists on there being a guard outside her door which leads into this really weird odd little love triangle in this book right where she feels for maxon and she feels for aspen and yeah. it just tugs my, at her heart. my note on this was 
predictable YA complication to further the love triangle. Like, I mean, he didn't it really need to come back in order to further that, but I guess yeah, she, that was the she only way. Had feelings. Yeah, that but was the I only think way. If we're going to jump ahead, I think him being there was important for the storyline. It was important for the storyline. It ends up being important through the rest of the series. Like, the first right. book, it's minor, but the other four books, including the, the, the spinoff series, which was the two books, the duo, right. um, it's important for those, too. So it's right. definitely important. Um, but uh, I also want to uh, talk about, um, this is a bit spoilery, but I, I want to talk about uh, this quote, yes, Maxon, it's possible. <laughs> so... This is when Mare finally admits she could potentially might have feelings for him. Right. And then then Aspen shows up the next day. Um, and it, it literally 20 pages later, I read, I have 255 was it's possible and 275 is when he comes back. So, um, yeah, so it is a complication. She's now finally admitting she's letting herself love. And here comes Aspen again. Damn it. Ah. Yeah. Uh. I mean, I, I don't trust YAs that don't have... I mean, I've gotten so used to the comfort of the love triangle. It it makes it nice for a YA book, right? Like, it, it's comforting. I wish but we it could also just... I wish we could just let teenagers not have to be in love with each other, but whatever. <laughs> just a book about two platonic buddies hanging right. out. Hanging out, right. Um, can we... Before we... Uh, uh, we should talk about um, the fact that this is being made into something by Netflix. Before we do that, can I just okay. tell you my big gripe with this series? Oh, please. The, Yay. The thing I really don't like about this series. <clears throat> so I would literally rate the first three books in this trilogy all five out of five. I don't for particularly care for the spinoff, which follows Maxon's children with right. whoever he marries from the selection. Can't tell you who that is, but go ahead and read it yourself. Damn it, do the work. Um, Damn it, do the work. And then do the work. Tell us in the comments and we will read uh, we will read and listen to April get really mad about the last two. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but uh I do not like the rebel attacks. So I understand that we have to remember we be reminded that there are people that do not agree with this caste system who are fighting against it. Right. And Maxon explains that there are two groups of rebels. There's North the North and the group, South and there's the South group. Um, they really are different. They are not looking for the same thing. They do not have the same agenda. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I guess dismantling the monarchy is the agenda. But right. there's a reason that each of them wants that. And they are varying different. But my gosh, how terrible are your guards that they can just let rebels into the into the palace more than oh, once in a couple okay. of months time? So um, I have an answer for this, but it's spoilery. Oh, gosh. In the very last book. Well, I understand. I know there's a reason. I get it. But but it didn't need to happen twice in the first book alone. Like, it didn't need to happen twice in the first book alone. In the very last book, if you've read all these books, if you haven't, skip ahead to the end of my little monologue here. In the last book, we learn the rebels have always been inside. I know. Because... Right? So right. We what if that. they've always been inside? What if they've always been okay. inside? 
Okay, but why attack? They have two different attacks in a matter of like what they've been. She's but been there like it's not like, two it's months. Not like the north. It's not like the north and south are communicating. The south I is get, looking. I south guess is it's just still annoying. Like you hire the best guards that you can. That you can they draft. They don't hire them. It's a draft. Okay, they you don't draft. Choices. And then they, like, give them steroids. Because, like, Aspen gets some sort of medicine that makes him, like, And he's, like, up. massive. Yeah. Right. They feed them. They clothe them. They, the smartest, the brightest, and the strongest end up in the palace. But you motherfuckers still can't keep these rebels out. I do not understand. Because they're teenagers. Get your shit together. You've seen military teenagers. They're They're not. Well, they're 19. So I guess they are teenagers, but they're 19 when they're drafted. So they're not babies. (laughs) That's the part of this. This is my biggest gripe. Um, This is my really my only complaint with the series is they do not have their shit together. (laughs) So Kira Cass, hear us. If you make when, when the shows happen. Get the, 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 the different rebels to communicate. It'll make April happy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to communicate. They just don't have to attack the palace twice in a matter of months. Like, come on. Uh, okay. So, um, the selections being made in, has been picked up by Netflix. Yes. It previously um, was actually picked up by, I think, the... Um, CW. CW. CW had it. Yeah. And they were going to make... They've done three... They did three pilots. One article read, I read. Right. Saying that in all three pilots failed. I don't know if it did test well, if it was casting. Because the CW would just be trying to make superhero shows. Right. Well, They and, also need to get their shows. Well, together. when they first picked it up, I think it was like right after Vampire Diaries ended. So mm. they're trying to fill that spot, I think. Yeah. It would so, have been a good fill for that, probably. Yeah. So, um, brain. Whew, I've had a lot of... But it's going to be on Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix. Now, it was um, originally supposed to be out this year, right? But we don't right. have an update. No, um, the last update I saw was that I sent you that link, uh, which mm-hmm. we'll put the link in the descriptions. Yeah. Uh, said that they, everything was postponed because of COVID. Yeah, and, COVID. you know, they haven't released casting or anything, but they still have the rights to it. So, so that's interesting we'll, because IMDb page... Uh, it does have casting listed, and you can see some YouTube videos where they've made trailers, but I don't know if they're real. I think those are the old ones. Because oh. remember, they have pilots out there floating around well, from when good CW owned it. Because the person they cast as Maxon has brown hair and like brown hair and brown eyes, black hair and brown eyes, which to me right. is like the hottest. Like that's that's the way to go. You want somebody with black hair and brown eyes, but that's not Maxon. Maxon is all. Like surfer boy, blonde hair with blue eyes. Like right. he legit looks California. Right. But whatever. Right. Don't do what they did when they cast Peta and just dye his hair that god awful bleached out color that came out. I, like okay, so this is one of my biggest qualms when I watch stuff. So, um, do you watch Young Sheldon? No. But okay. I watched Big Bang Theory. Okay, so Young Sheldon is a spinoff of Big Bang. If right. you haven't watched it. And the actor, the boy actor that plays Sheldon and mm-hmm. young Sheldon is naturally toe-headed. So this poor little kid is constantly getting his hair dyed dark. Mm-hmm. Poor kid. And, like, you can He's see making it, a like, lot of money. They can dye his hair whatever yeah. they want. But, like, you can see it in later, in, like, as the, as the season progresses, mm-hmm. his hair keeps getting lighter and lighter because they're not touching it up. So by the end of the season, mm-hmm. each season, he's almost blonde again. And it's like... Mm-hmm. Continuity, man. 
continuity. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's wrap up. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Want to so, talk about what we're doing? Uh, um, I actually, yeah, I've got the list in front of me for the next few episodes. Yeah. So um, next week is Red, White, and Royal Blue, which oh. is an April host. She's really excited about it. I have read this book. This is my third reading in less than a year, people. That is how much I it's love this It's so book. good. I love it's it so, so much. And if you have time, get the Audible, not sponsored. It is yeah. so good. The narrator is amazing. Or and go then, to your local library, and um, oh, they, yeah. they probably have it on Hoopla. That's how That's, I listen to it. Oh, yeah. um, and you can listen to it for free that way. And um, the narrator is great. He's awesome. He's great. Um, so that's episode five. And then episode six is my pick, which mm-hmm. I've been pushing April for this one for a very long time, friends. Like a decade. Like a, like a very long time. Discovery of Witches. Yes. Part of the All Souls trilogy. Um I won't go get too far into it, but, and then after that, we have another one of April's picks, which is Fangirl. By Rainbow Rowell. Which is new to me. So I'm actually working on it now. I'm listening to the audiobook while I do the adulting here. But. So this will be interesting. So the next one, we've both read it previously. Right. But the two after that, we've picked a book that the other person hasn't read. Right. So it'll be their first read and uh, a reread for the other person. Um, and I think it'll be uh, really interesting to see because I, you have shared with me a book that you love so passionately. You're part uh, of the I, fandom. Uh, I'm part and, of the fandom. I'm there's a Facebook like it's a whole thing. I know, yeah. I know Dr. Harkness personally. Like yeah. I've and, met her on several occasions. And I gave you a book that I loved so much that I cried when it was over because it wasn't a series. Oh no! And I wanted to keep going. <laughs> Don't tell me that. I just started it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. So, yeah. So, we're reaching that hour mark. So, we should oh, probably Yeah, we are pushing it. Hey, um, thank you, everybody, who's always. been sharing and liking, liking and commenting. And- we have gotten some amazing comments on our Instagram um, and our Facebook page. Yes. Uh, please keep doing that. Um, if and if you, you haven't, can't find us, it's Book Besties Pod. Yeah. At Twitter and on Instagram. And Facebook, and we're also on YouTube if you enjoy looking at us. I don't know. Which, by the way, I I think you're missing some really fun stuff, especially how much I talk with my hands and me swatting at a nap this episode. That was fun. Um. (laughs) So if you want to see us, we're on YouTube too. But if you're just a podcast listener who, you know, drive into work and you want to listen to the pod, yeah, we're on all of the 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 platforms. Yeah. So um, um, thank you for joining us. Yes. Thanks for coming. See you guys and next Tuesday. See you next week. Bye. Love you, April. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April and not those of anyone else. Today's book was The Selection by Kira Cass. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.